Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet, and by Draft.com, my favorite daily fantasy basketball site, where if you use the hash or the code hashtag basketball htb the initials htb hashtag basketball when you sign up for draft.com you will get a free entry to your first draft go download draft.com right now a better way of playing daily fantasy i am your host mike katrin and joining me as always is my co-host tyler watts what's up tyler michael it's a good day i'm trying to figure out this new computer still it keeps throwing me some for some curveballs you know how that is always fun when you get a new machine and it's always just a little bit of a butt pain. Glad to hear that you were able to upgrade to a new machine. Uh, you know, upgrades like that come uh, via our awesome listeners and our awesome Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, you know, any and all of that money comes back and it, we, we pretty much use it for making this recording or recording better our microphones better our computers better i don't know if you like you know i don't think it's enough to buy a new computer we don't have that many patreons but if we get more patreons you know it will at least subsidize some of that computer cost yeah right and that's always good it's good it's good to have people wanting wanting to support the show so i'm a fan i think if you know if we get up to 100 subscribers on patreon we'll we'll get that basketball reference nickname guy in here for sure like, I'm going to promise that. Well, you're going to make that promise. Oh, all right. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm absolutely making that promise. And also, we'll do interactive uh, discords. So, like, you could talk to us while we're recording the podcast. Not that, that won't be distracting at all. But, you know, I'm willing, I'm willing to do it for the fans, Tyler. Man, it is week six, and we are in the middle of week six. Uh, weird day off, so everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving. Don't, don't worry about your fantasy team for at least one day. Or actually just make some casual trade offers because everyone will have some time on their hands because no one will be, hopefully, most people will not be working on the Thanksgiving holiday. If your employer forces to you to work on Thanksgiving, start a union. Like Just get, unionize and take your employer to town by vi violating your federal holiday. All right. We got to discuss this. I just got a phone call from this number. Not even how this came through. It says... Unionizing? It says plus 95, 41, 68, 21, 83. That's like not even the right amount of numbers, is it? Ooh, like that might be like a European number or something. The European numbers have like, like we have some Icelandic listeners. And if you guys know anything about these, this weird plus 95 area code, let us know. I'm just thrown off by this, man. I don't know. It just came up on my phone. I'm so confused now. I don't want to. I don't know what to say. I feel like the government may be trying to conspire against me or something. I'm, I'm worried for my safety. We talk about unions one time on the show, and already the government's after us and the corporations are after us, Tyler. So let's quickly get back to fantasy basketball and go to our high-low segment that we have for this week. I think there's some pretty good candidates, and we're even going to throw in a buy-high candidate, which is kind of one of those rare occasions where someone's playing well, but you might be able to get a kind of a good deal on them. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but let's start with the buy low candidates. And uh, one of those candidates is a player that's on quite a few of my teams, a player that we had some really high hopes for and has been 
probably performing the worst out of all the maybe all the guys I had in my top 50, top 60. I guess unless you include Otto Porter, who's injured, but Larry Markinen is play is definitely playing injured. Like there is reports coming out of Chicago that he's playing injured, but he's still playing. So he doesn't, there's no, he's not on the IR. He's not missing games. He's still playing through this injury. He's playing under 30 minutes a game. He's shooting 36% from the field, which just feels like not, you know, not sustainable. He, he did shoot for uh, 43%. Uh, in the last two seasons for the Chicago Bulls, he just doesn't look himself. He's on a team that basically hates their coach, and he's not being utilized as even as he was last year. He's not taking it to the rim and doing kind of those Euro step drag shots that he was making and getting, you know, and ones on last season. And he's not making hardly any of his threes. He's shooting really poorly from behind the arc. And I think he's just really a really great candidate right now to uh, to buy low, according to hashtag basketball. If you look at his rankings, he is one thirty one, which is pretty pretty bad. But the you know the dude is going to get the he's going to start. He's going to continue to play. Hopefully, he'll play more when Chicago finally fires this absolute trash coach. And he's twenty two years old, so I, I I don't see it getting any worse for Lowry marketing and it could only get better. Oh, I'm with you there. I think, you know, you mentioned it. He's still inside the top 100, right? Even as badly. No, 130, 131. He's been playing pretty bad. If you, if you do nine cat. Oh, okay. 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 So I was looking at eight cat and he's sneaking in there just inside the top 100, I believe. And, and maybe that's a total value thing too. Cause I'm always looking at the total values, Mike. I'm not a big fan of looking at those per game values. We talk about that a lot. So yeah, he's still being good. I'm a per game value guy, so that that is the difference. You are correct that he's barely within the top 100 in a cat in totals, 97. Oh, you know what I mean? Like he he's still not betting that bad. Like he's not killing you. He's still kind of a top 100 guy. And I think you mentioned it. It can only go from here. He's doing some things that look pretty unsustainable in the in the negative direction, right? That they're they've got to get better. And so I'm just a big fan of Larry Markkinen's game too. I think Larry Markkinen, you know, is really good and. So, yeah, I'm definitely trying to buy him right now for sure. Now the question is how how high am I trying to buy? Because this is a guy who has a decent amount of name value, right? And so, you know, what what can I what do I have to give up to acquire Mr. Marketing? I guess is my question. I would probably give up, you know, anyone ranked outside the top 75. I definitely do that. Um, you mentioned the injury that scares me off a little bit. Like I think Marketing could could be a top 50 player the rest of the season, but I wouldn't necessarily want to give up another top 50 player to get him. Just in the sense that, you know, what's up with this injury and is it going to get worse or is it going to get better? Or is it going to stay the same? Like that's, that's my question. I'm just going to throw out a few names here. And this is more, I like, I'm always looking at percentages. You know, I've had, I've had it out with some people who are just, they're like, I don't care about percentages at all. Well, that's great. Good for you. That's very, you're losing two categories a week, every single week. Congratulations. So I'm going to be looking at it from an eight, category perspective Lowry market and projected kind of in that 50 range so going with anybody who's definitely a top 50 player like your tobias harris's or even your, your d'angelo russell's bam out of bio who was probably projected in the same area i'm not 
I'm not interested in like getting rid of any of those guys for Larry Marketing, who should be a solid top 50 guy by the end of the season. I'm kind of looking more at your Bojan Bogdanoviches from Utah, Marcus Morris. So guys who score and get three pointers right now who are playing well, even like Jeremy Lamb, Jabari Parker, Kendrick Nunn, like all, all these kind of like uh, guys who are playing well right now. I'd be happy to move them here either this week or next week for Lowry Market. And you might want to give Lowry a little bit more time to recover from that injury. But, you know, you're playing that guessing game. When is he going to turn it back around? And whoever drafted him, you know, probably drafted him with like the fifth round pick, sixth round pick. So you can't swindle him too far down the line. Like Jabari Parker might be too big of a swindle there, but. If you're if you're looking for a big who gets rebounds and threes, you know his, his steals and blocks aren't great, but who's going to be able to to score? This is your guy. This is your guy right here. Like he's kind of doing a lot of the things that like Will Barton is doing right now, except for you know not shooting well. So that's maybe the general range of where I would uh, would put trying to snag Lowry market and you might be able to get him for less. You might be just be able to get him for somebody in that, you know, 70 to 90 range. Who's just producing day in and day out because sometimes Larry market just sits out. And if you could deal with, you know, having a bad Lowry for, you know, a couple more weeks, three, four weeks, and then get him on the back end when he picks it back up. Cause there's a lot of season left Tyler. So I would, I would shoot for somebody kind of mediocre at first, just to see what happens. And, and so you can get Larry Market on your team because Larry Market's going to be good. Yeah, I'm with you on all that. I'm not giving up on him. Uh, another guy who's had a really um, kind of, oh, I guess perplexing start to the season, someone that a lot of people were like, all right, he's on a team where he is the best player on the team and he is going to dominate. He's currently ranked 135th when we're doing totals, when we're doing eight cat total so like way worse than larry marketing somehow talk about julius randall i'm really surprised with what's going on with julius randall now you always have to put in the uh get fizzed on fizzdale asterisks right next to his name because you know here's the funny one the minutes are actually up they're not down they're up they're up from last season oh that's true He's not getting fizzed on. You know what I mean? It's not Fizzdale. He's still, he's still kind of getting fizzed on because the team around him changes every single freaking night and their playbook is almost as bad as the Chicago Bulls. So but, in this, but, little, but he's still getting his playing time. He's still getting his usage. This In this year's iteration of the Knicks, though, do we blame that on Fizzdale or do we blame that on the front office? Because like they gave him the weirdest roster I've ever seen to work with. Like You can't have 42 power forwards. And expect to be good. Turns out, who would have thought? <laughs> so you know what I mean. Like some of it, I I can't really blame on him because you know what I mean. Like it's it's the roster. But you mentioned he's playing thirty three minutes. He's still taking fourteen shot field goal attempts a game, which you like. He's you know getting to the line a little bit less, but still four point seven times. Now he hasn't been making his free throws, so we could talk about that. But I think all the pieces are still there to get basically the same numbers you got last year with the Pelicans. He's not going to shoot a good as you know quite that good a percentage. Like he's not going to shoot fifty two percent. But would it surprise you if he started taking a few more field goal attempts and he got close to that you know nineteen twenty points a game? He gave you like nine rebounds, like three and a half assists, like point seven point eight steals, half a block. Like 
I think there's there's a lot of room for him to get better here. Now, this is another guy, though. He was probably drafted a little bit higher than I wanted him to be. He was a top 40 pick in ADP. And I think we were both saying, you know, don't draft Julius Randle that high. But if I can get this guy for somebody like ranked outside the top 75, I'd definitely do that move right now because I think, you know, it's only going to go up for Julius Randle. Just, I, I'm not sure how it gets much worse. The playing time is there. So, like, that's super positive. The shooting percentage is down, which I'm a little suspicious about. And I am also very suspicious about that block number. Now, that is definitely a Fizdale problem because that means he's just playing too far away from the basket, probably coming out on screens instead of falling back and, and getting the, the extra and the, the extra block that here and there. And I'm like, there's a very, very big difference. A lot of people might not think it very, very big difference between 0.6 blocks per game and 0.2 blocks per game. Very large difference. It's, it's very different than getting one point extra a game. We talk about this a lot, right? What I like to call incremental gains, right? And in those steals and blocks, like 0.2, 0.3 matters a lot more than what people think. It's, it's just one of those stats that just adds up. After two weeks, you end up being like five blocks ahead simply by being just barely better at blocks than the next person. But, you know, his usage is a little down this year. And I think eventually New York's going to ha- – like they're gonna have to do something. Like you know how, like in the second part of the season, which we're you know almost in the second part of the regular season for all you fantasy teams, fantasy leagues out there that start their playoffs in week twenty, week twenty-two. Like we're we're almost there. The New York Knicks and like bad teams kind of just like fall off the rails, and then instead of just like p- trying to play team basketball or trying to play within the system. Guys like Julius Reiner are like, I'm going to get mine. And then just start going off and just taking the ball, using extra possessions, taking maybe some worse shots, but like getting more overall stats because they're just they're just going for it. And I think like the New York Knicks are like due to be like, all right, Julius Reynolds is like the best piece that we have here. Let's just let him ride and we'll we'll build around him, I guess. Like, I don't know what else they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, they gave him the money, and they gave him that actual couple-year contract. I mean, I don't see why they're not trying to build the, the pieces around Randall a little bit. Like, you know, what what other piece are they building around here? I mean, like, okay, you could say they're going to build around R.J. Barrett, and that's fine, but R.J. Barrett and Julius Randall shouldn't get in each other's way. Kevin Knox and Julius Randall kind of do get in each other's way, but is Kevin Knox really the piece of playoff team? Like, not yet, at least. So, yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. And Randall's a proven scorer. Like, say what you want about him. He can rebound the ball and score at an efficient clip. Like, we've seen that throughout his, you know, what is this, his fifth season already? Sixth season already? So, yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful that that's what they do. But the Knicks, you know, they're a tough team to trust in that, that regard. I see if you can kind of get a lower lower player and buy low on Julius Randall. Um, I think that's a pretty good move. That's something to something while you're bored over Thanksgiving weekend to, to one of your life goals should be get Julius Randle on your team for nothing. And same with the next guy, Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum kind of deemed as one of those guys who's going to be a breakout player. His, he's got some sexy stats. He's got some name value. So this could be a little bit harder to buy low with Jason Tatum. But, Tyler, you think that he is uh, currently under undervalued. I, I do. You know, I just think 
is playing well right now. And that's what makes this difficult, right? Is because you'll see he's averaging 20 points the first time. And, you know, he's doing some improvements from last year. And people are thinking like, okay, you know, Tatum's doing doing well. I'm, I'm excited about that. But he should be even better. And here's really why. Okay, so he, and there's a couple of other players that have done this. He dropped all the mid-range twos out of his game for the most part. Basically, every shot is coming in the paint or beyond the three-point line now. And that unlocks, you know, a big jump in the field goal percentage. Like, he's only finishing 53% at the rim right now. He's a career 63% shooter. I think that field goal percentage is about to take a big hit up, and he's going to probably add another, you know, two, three points a game, and he's going to be a guy averaging like 22, 23 points a game, like seven rebounds, 1.3 steals, maybe even two and a half three-pointers. So the three-pointers takes a little jump up which it should because he's producing a little bit under that right now. This is a guy who could easily be a top 35 player. And so, I also, yeah, I also kind of think he's a guy who's going to improve. He's got that incredible talent. He's 21 years old and that like he's shooting 40%. That's going to go up. He's only getting the line four times, which I think if he's going to be a little bit more of a focal point of this offense, his usage is way up from last year. Surprise, surprise. Kyrie Irving's not there anymore. If he gets to the line five times, five plus times, which is feasible this at some point in this season, well, you know, add add some more points. If he perhaps improves a little bit with his ability to get assists, he's now definitely easily a top fifty player, and he's pretty much almost a top fifty player now. So if you have some guys who think he's kind of like mediocre or maybe just playing as good as he can because he was so bad last year. Like, I feel like he's got room to grow. He's got room to move up. Hashtag basketball totals, 8-cat, currently ranked 56. Yeah, and he, I, I like I said, I think he can get his way into being a third-round player, top top 35 guy. With those, like, you know, two, three points we're talking about, like, that's a big increase. The field goal percentage goes up. Three-point percentage goes up a little bit, meaning a few more three-pointers. Gets the line a little bit more, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I can see him kind of taking a big leap here going forward and that could be significant for him and for you know, this is the opportunity to kind of buy high like he's playing well you mentioned it, he's almost a top 50 player but i think he's got another level and i think we're gonna see it real quick so getting him now could be a big boon to your fantasy team yeah let's maybe move that to the buy high category so we got two buy highs this week a rare occurrence jason tatum moving him instead of buying low buying high because some people might think he is playing very very well and our other buy high is uh, Richard Holmes. And you might be thinking, well, what well, what the hell is going on here? Why would you want to buy Richard Holmes? He's currently 42nd in totals and 8-cat. He's obviously playing a lot more because Marvin Bagley is out. Marvin Bagley is on his way back here pretty soon. Why in the world would I want to buy high on Richard Holmes? And let's maybe let's explain what buy high means, Tyler. So buy high basically means, right, that this player is performing at a level we didn't assume he would in the preseason, but he's still worth acquiring. Maybe it's at that level. Maybe it's at a little bit lower level. But, you know, if everybody thinks like for Sean Holmes, if everyone thinks he's going to be nothing when Marvin Bagley comes back and you can buy him for the worst player on your roster, you're buying high because he was a waiver wire player to begin with. And you're basically making the bet that he is worth something even when Marvin Bagley comes back, right? That he's a useful fantasy asset. Let's let's qualify that it doesn't mean overpay for Richard Holmes. It means 
it doesn't mean trade trade Trey Young for or you know some top twenty player or some top forty player, some top fifty player. Jamal Murray, don't be trading Jamal Murray to get Rashawn Holmes. Like that's a, that's a mistake, regardless. What you're trying to do is trick the other team into selling high. So obviously, Rashawn Holmes, sell high candidate. If you can get something of value, top fifty value back, yeah, do that. Someone someone around Rashawn Holmes is current ranking if you can get someone of that caliber back like rudy gobert is 40 like if you get rudy gobert just you know win the go win the league all right but that's obviously not what's going to happen people aren't going to value shard homes that much and this person who's thinking about selling high might be thinking yeah when he gets back he's i'm going to be dropping him to the waiver wire he's absolute you know he's he's not even going to play anymore and i you know i think we've said this a couple times that he's too good not to play at all he might have to end up taking a step back in minutes and in, in, in maybe even usage on this Kings team once Bagley comes back. But if you could get a, a someone around the 100 mark, like I think he ends up being a top 100 player with this Kings team because I think they're going to have to play him. They might play him more against second teams even, but I think he could play with Bagley. They like to play Bagley as a four, anyways, right? Like, I mean, that's not, that's not. Now they do play him as a center in a kind of small ball lineup with some Harrison Barnes and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, those two can definitely share the court. Now it's got to be the right matchup. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how much how many minutes they play together. And you know, I used to think this one where Sean Holmes played for the Sixers, like he'd get in there when Embiid was hurt or whatever, and he'd be like just going off. And you're like, man, this is a really good player. And you know, that ne- never super worked out with them for the Sixers, but I'm hoping the Kings, you know, and Luke Walton are smart enough to realize, like, this is a talented guy that deserves minutes. And, you know, we'll see how many he can get to. That'll be an interesting thing. You know, is it 20? Is it 25? Is it only 15? Like, it's only 15. It's going to be hard to own him. You got to hope it's in that, you know, 20 to 25 range. And I think some, it'll be, it'll be a little bit of a headache in this sense. I think in some matchups, you know, some of those teams that play smaller, they're going to play him off. The- but, Against the right team that's got a kind of big guy center, he could get as many as like 25 minutes game even with Bagley healthy, and that could be a big boon. And chances are, like, even in those limited minute games where maybe the matchup just doesn't work, probably still able to get you bench-type players or waiver-wire-type player, uh, excuse me, stats, like waiver-wire-esque stats. So, you know, he's definitely at worst a bench player, and at best you could be seeing a guy if he's – if they're like, hey, screw it, we're going to play him all, all we can. We're losing games. We need somebody who plays well. Could be top 70, top 60. He's currently in the top 50. So that's like your worst case scenario is a guy who is on your bench but contributes pretty solidly to your team. And I mean, there's a, no- a number of other players that are kind of in that similar boat where they're like a backup center and they're still useful in fantasy. Um, it's it's nothing new, you know. The last year it was Demontis Sabonis. If, if you guys were owning Demontis Sabonis, like this guy who comes in, gets points, rebounds, like doesn't play a ton of minutes, but he does the the things you need to be a valuable fantasy asset. Like we've seen that for years. We're gonna keep seeing that. Guys like Larry Nance, right? Larry Nance is another guy who can do it. Like he doesn't play that many minutes, he's still valuable in fantasy, and that could be the thing that Rashawn Holmes does. Yeah, Nerlens Noel is like the king of limited minutes, yet should be streamed probably in almost every single league. At the very least, uh, I've even seen people just saying, screw it, I'm, I stream them every week, I'm going to have them on my roster every week. Like, why not? Let's go do the sell high category here. And you got, we got a couple guys here. Jimmy Buckets, the, the great Jimmy Buckets, number 
17 in hashtag basketball's rankings for totals in eight cat the best steals guy yeah per game in the league right 2.6 a game which you gotta figure out it's gonna fall a little bit though right like 2.6 is is a really hard number to keep up i mean that's that's five steals of over five steals every two games like that's difficult really the reason to sell jimmy butler is not the fact that he's the 17th ranked player He's good. He we we considered him a turn player in the past. We you know we consider him in top half of that second round ra- in the second round. Right now, you know he's great. He's fantastic. He's getting to the line nine freaking times a game, shooting ninety percent. So like even that's a little high. He is shooting uh, only forty three percent. So that could improve, but he's never averaged more than two assists a game. And his assists, like, actually, I think his assists are where I thought they would be based on that Chicago season. Maybe a little high, but that Chicago season is what I'm going to go off of. And he ended up finishing per game that Chicago season 14th. But per game is the key word there, right, Tyler? Yeah, we've seen him only play 70 games twice in his eight full NBA season. So this is his ninth year. In his first eight years, he's played 70 games two times. And he's already missed a few games, right, this year. Now, he wasn't hurt. He had, you know, he was with his family when he had a child. But yeah, I think now's the time to sell Butler because you got to figure he's going to get banged up at some point and probably miss, you know, 15, 20 games. And so if I can trade Butler for another top 20 player, or maybe I'm in the situation where I need a haul, right? Like maybe the back half of my roster is just decimated with injuries or just really bad. Like maybe I took some shots in that 70, 80, 90 range and they just, they were the bad, they were the wrong shots. And now I've got like all these streaming spots and I don't even have enough pickups to stream all the guys. Maybe I trade Butler for, you know, a third and a fifth and a sixth round pick, something like that. Somewhere where I can just get some value on my team and kind of replenish those spots where I missed out on them in the draft. And so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with Butler, just in the sense that I, I don't think he can stay healthy. Like, there's nothing against him. I think he's a great player. He's fun to watch. I think the steals go down a little bit, and I just don't really think he can play more than 70 games. Probably the probability of him playing 70 games is not high, so I'm going to trade him right now and hope to get back a nice, juicy haul for Mr. Jimmy Butler. It's hard to see where he improves very much more. He's probably in that top 10 percentile of his potential this season. And with someone who does have that track record of not playing a lot of games per season, especially not playing a lot of games down the stretch in the playoffs. That is a very Jimmy Butler thing to do. Might be a little early to trade him, in my opinion, but right now he's probably close to his peak. If you can get a similar player back, or even like like Tyler's saying, your team isn't doing that great. Get it to uh, if you're in a redraft league, get a two for one. You know, get a, a guy who's a little bit worse and another guy who's a little bit worse. Make, make someone's team better to make your team better too. Like that's the best types of trade. I don't like usually like being the guy who ends up with uh, not the best player in the trade. But sometimes if you are in the middle of the pack or if you are near the bottom of the pack, it adds up to have a better player either in your utility spot or coming off your bench, like a way better player than you currently have rostered, especially if you're in a deeper league, because the waiver wire is pretty 
slim pickings if you're in a deeper league. So, you know, getting a two for one isn't the worst thing in the world when you are selling high on someone like Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And I'm with you there. And you got to, you got to make the right two, right? You got to choose wisely. And you could also maybe pick the guy who's got, uh, you know, some of those guys we talked about in the last episode that really weren't performing that well, but we expected to perform better than Mike Conley types. Maybe you can even get a three for one. Like maybe this guy's on the fence about dropping Mike Conley and you're like, hey, man, I'll give you Jimmy Butler. You give me back, you know, a third round player, a fifth round player. And Mike Conley, man, he's not helping you. He's hurting your team, blah, blah, blah. Now, that's the kind of where maybe you can hit a home run sometimes is if you ask for two reasonable players and then a third player that's not playing very good at all but someone you think is going to be worthwhile going forward. And, and then so there's something else to think about. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the last guy on our cell high list here, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar shooting incredibly, incredibly well for the Spurs. The Spurs also not winning very many games. He's shooting 53% from the field, which is definitely higher than he's shot. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a time he's ever shot better than that. I, I don't see it. He has um, not. He has never. This is a career high by far. His career high is in his rookie season. He shot 49.8%. Last year with the Spurs, he shot 48. So, and the Spurs have done something that the Raptors were always reluctant to do. The Spurs have basically told him, you don't shoot three pointers. Whether it's him, whether it's the team or him, you know, one of the, either way, he shot 0.6 a game last year and down the stretch, that number went down and down and down. And then this year he's shooting 0.2 a game. So in 18 games, he has attempted a whopping four three-pointers. That really, I mean, it really kills you in fantasy, right? To have somebody who is not a center shooting zero threes. It actually kills you to have anybody, even including a center who doesn't shoot three-pointers. And it is a little counterintuitive until you, you know, unless he's making 54% of his mid-range, which apparently he is because that's all he's shooting. That's actually good. Like, that's really, really good. But is it sustainable? You know, he doesn't often. Now, granted, in Pop's system, he has gotten more wide, uh, wide open looks. He, his percentage has gone up under Pop's system. Is it 54%? Is it 55%? That seems far 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 too high i do like the fact that he's getting to the free throw line a little bit more this season than he was last year and then all the rest of the numbers are actually like rebounds and assists are a little down i don't think they come back up either since he's not really running point like he kind of was last season uh, now that the spurs are semi-healthy it just doesn't seem like best case scenario is he drops closer he's like shooting 50 and maybe sneaks that assist up to five assists a game. That's the best case scenario. So like you're kind of looking at his peak right now and somebody at their peak should usually be sold high. Especially when you factor in the, the thing that like he's actively hurting you in one category. Right. And then you mentioned it, right? He's another guy who's just been a very good across the board contributor, but we're seeing some slippage in the rebounds and in the assists and, He's just not being asked to, to do those things quite as much. So I'd love to sell DeRozan. In ADP, he was 31st, which I didn't love that ADP to begin with. I think, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit preseason that, you know, he that fi- people had finally figured him out, right? After so many years of him being undervalued and undervalued and undervalued, like he was actually, you know, a little bit too high, maybe even at 31st. 
he he had snuck his way up like he usually is getting picked in the like the 60s or the 70s and he'd been consistently finishing in the top 50 top 40 top 55 you know in that range but he's never broken out of that range so after like three or four years of finishing between 40 and 50 now he's going 31 i don't i don't get it yeah, and and so you know can you trade him now for a top and like, does he finish in the top fifty? There's a question. There's my question. If I if I'm, I'm guessing like maybe right on the fringes. Like maybe he's in, maybe he's out. But I don't think he's going to be like a top thirty five, top forty player. Do you? Like I think he's somewhere forty to sixty. That's my guess. So you ask me where he finishes the end season. It's for, somewhere forty to sixty. Yeah, that's super fair, and especially with getting zero three pointers, that is that is a detriment. And if the steals, you know, which are finicky fall off a little bit and those assist numbers never come back up you can finish outside the top 50 i think around 50 is very very reasonable if you're in a, a turnover league you know a little bit higher maybe but like he's great for percentages so if you don't care about percentages he's even he's much 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 lower so like that might be a good move to do as well like people will look at his percentages i think his percentages are a little high currently especially his field goal and they're gonna go all right i give a shit about percentages so I'm willing to give you somebody that's actually a top 40 player, maybe even a top 30 player when you don't consider percentages because you don't care about percentages. You get rid of DeMar DeRozan, get back somebody who fits your team better. Yeah, or, you know, you just get back somebody that you believe in, like, you know, Chris Middleton's coming back tonight. I think I'd rather have Chris Middleton the rest of the season than DeMar DeRozan. The ceiling is probably technically higher. Let's, let's see some other guys. Here's a guy we haven't talked about that we're both big fans of that I feel like has just been having a ho-hum year, playing a little bit less than I thought he would. Mr. Robert Covington. I'd like to talk about Mr. Robert Covington. I feel like we haven't had a chat about him since the preseason. He's a, a weird player, right? He's a player, and I shouldn't say weird. Weird is not the right thing. He's a player that does a lot of different stuff, right? You know, one and a half steals, a block, Percentage is up to 45, which that might not hold, but like two three-pointers. Maybe that just fits your team a little bit better than a DeRozan. You know, maybe you need some more defensive stats than you need points. And uh, would it surprise you if Covington finished just a hair bit higher than DeMar DeRozan at the end of the season? Like, it, it wouldn't surprise me. And that's kind of a way you can flip your team and and maybe you know you got maybe you're killing everybody in points. Like I have one team where I swear I beat the team the other team in points every week by like 60. But I'm deficient kind of a little bit in some of those defensive stats. That might be the situation where I, I flip you know, a guy like the Rosen for a guy like Robert Covington. Almost two steals, a block. Those are huge, huge numbers. He should also keep you afloat in threes and rebounds. Now his assists much worse, obviously. But if you're cool, that type of build, like you're you're doing fine, especially in, in, in the points region. You know, getting someone like a Draymond or even or a Bob Covington, this like this is now the time that when we talked about this, we got a really decent sample size. It's not a great sample size, but it's also no longer sample size theater, a small sample size theater. So you can start making that determination on like, all right, this is what my team might have projected as, but this is actually how they're performing. Like Giannis is killing my free throws. I thought I would be able to maybe float. With Giannis being not great at free throws, but he's he's killing my free throws. But he's still like the MVP of the league. So like I'm definitely not going to trade him because he's killing my free throws. I'm going to, instead of trying to stay afloat of free throws, zag 
towards getting more guys, uh, maybe like a Ben Simmons or Alonzo Ball, who don't shoot good free throws, fit my team a little bit better. And this is exactly the time of the the um, season to start looking not just at your overall stats, but every single other team's overall stats, their situation, their position scarcity, and start wheeling and dealing. And uh, this is a very, very good time to kind of make some longer-term bets on some players that aren't doing very well, like Larry Markkinen, Julius Randle, make us decent grabs off the waiver, like Markel Fultz. Uh, look at that long-term, because if you're doing well right now, then you should be probably fine for the playoffs. You should start looking at how you're going to finish the season, how you're going to hold yourself up against injuries, and how you're going to you know perform in the in the, in the playoffs, making sure that the other teams that are making the playoffs that you are co- able to compete with them. Maybe you're beating the shit out of the rest of the the bottom half of the league, but the top couple guys own you every single time you play them. Well, then you're not a contender material, and so like this is like the perfect time to uh, start looking into that. Uh, I think that's it for our buy low, sell high, and buy high segment this week. Tyler, do you got anything else you wanted to follow up with or anything to plug? Uh, no, I think that about does it. I was I was in a state of depression last night. We talked about the game I wanted to see on Tuesday night, and the Mavericks just got ran out of the gym. So that was disappointing. They just had a bad shooting game. That Clippers defense, though, man, that's really something, isn't it? Like those guys are freaking bulldogs. I think it's uh, there's been a lot of Luca dragging out on NBA Twitter, and I'm not here for it, man. Like, uh, there's one Luca Doncic is a second year player. He's barely 20, I think, and he was going against the Finals MVP, and then also <laughs> another guy who is an all T all defensive team. Like so he you, played you okay. You want to know the shit of it? So he he got he had 22 points, eight rebounds, and six assists, three steals. Not bad, not bad. Okay, now he got most of it at the free throw line, but here was the shit of it. Like everyone's like, "Oh, he played so terrible." Blah blah blah. He did shoot four of 14 from the field. Okay, I can tell you this for a 100 fact: he missed three layups and he missed three wide open three pointers. How simple often is that gonna goes, happen again? Yeah, simple math goes, you know, he makes one or two of those, even makes one of those two layups and two of those three-pointers. We're talking, you know, eight more points. We're talking a 30-point game. We're talking, you know, seven of 14 from the field. The Mavs are probably in that game then. Like, he had a bad shooting night, man. Name any player in the league who doesn't. Yeah, 10, 12 extra points there puts the game within striking distance, and then we're having a completely different conversation. It's just one bad shooting night, but like that's you know that's how the narrative's going to go, Tyler. It's just how the narrative's going to go. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes, guys, gals, cool people from Europe and overseas and other cool countries that we enjoy. If you like the show. Rate, review us on whatever you're listening to this to. Tell a friend, tell somebody in your fantasy league. But if you want to stay ahead of the people in your fantasy league who listen to this podcast, check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. You get exclusive content and you get a direct line to me and Tyler as well. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoy your holidays and we will see you next week. Have a good one.